Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. Glad you're with us. Come on in. We're just about to get started in here. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I'll make my way up here to the podium on this beautiful day after the couple of days of storms that we had here in Queen City, Texas. And uh, we're just excited and uh, uh, thankful that we can be here today sharing the Word of God. Uh, this great book of Second Timothy that we have endeavored to uh, begin, and today will be our sixth session in the teaching. And uh, if you're watching with us, uh, just be sure and get your Bibles and follow along. You can take notes and and uh, we just have a great time in the Lord today as we see some wonderful, wonderful, uh, powerful truths that are very relevant for us in these last days today because of what Paul said to Timothy about uh, in the last days many will forsake sound doctrine. That's really what this session, this portion of Scripture is about. Uh, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, pastor of Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. Love to have you Sunday mornings, Wednesday evenings. And uh, you can find us at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can find us on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Everything we do is uploaded to those places and <clears throat> you can listen and learn the Word of God as it is written in truth and righteousness. That means in the context of the gospel, praise the Lord. Uh, but today, uh, we are going to begin in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, where Paul begins to talk to Timothy about holding fast the form of sound words. We, I think we read this last week and might have even talked about it, but nothing to the degree that we needed to, and we won't even be able to uh, dig into the depths of it today too deep because it's just a lot to this. But when Paul tells Timothy here to hold fast the form of sound words, which he's heard of him in faith and love, which is... In Christ Jesus, that's a very important statement that could just be read and bypassed and, and not really looked at. But we're going to look at this today and break this particular verse down and some others. But before we do, let's ask the Lord in prayer today if He will give us that daily bread that we need, that impartation of those spiritual things that we need today. Yesterday's gone forever. Tomorrow may never come as we know it. What we need from the Lord, we need today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here, to be in this Bible study, to be uh, with our Bibles, Lord, open and ready to hear from you, learn of you. And I pray that you would impart those spiritual gifts, those things that we need today, that daily bread <coughs> into our hearts that we might grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we would not be carried away through the lust of our own flesh in some subtle and deceptive state in these last days, but that we would be found clinging to that nail-scarred hand. We would be found clinging 
to sound doctrine and that we would know what that means. And I pray you would impart that knowledge to our hearts today and that many would be strengthened in this faith and many who may not be in this faith or who may be weak in this faith would return to this faith or become stronger in this faith today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. When we ask, we we expect to receive, and today's a good day to receive from the Lord because it's all you've got today. Again, hold fast the <clears throat> form of sound words which you have heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Everything we need as a child of God is in Christ Jesus, and the importance of knowing that and learning how to walk in a in a way where we can experience what we need is paramount in the believer's life. You, you and I, if we think for a moment that things are just going to happen, that God just does something in their life, but He's not doing it in their life just because He's God, that's, that's very unbiblical. God does everything He does. That's called grace. God is, when God is at work, God's teaching, God's doing anything, that's grace. God's grace is God doing something we can't do, we can't earn, and we don't really deserve to have it done for us, to us, in us, or through us. But it's something He does, but He only does what He does. Grace only takes place through faith. And we're going to see that today in a more in-depth way, I hope. But the word form here, let me, let me, let me hold back. I about lost my train of thought there. You and I are told that as Christians, we are to walk in Christ. Colossians 2, 6 is a paramount scripture that if you don't understand, you don't know it, uh, then you're just going to go through the Christian life thinking that the good things you do is the Lord doing a minion through you. And that's not necessarily true. We're called in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, to just as we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, to walk in Him. And the only way any human being has ever received Jesus Christ is by, from the heart, believing that what He did at the cross forgave them of their sins, and they become a child of God. It's the entrance. Jesus is the door, but the cross is the hinge that opens the door for you and me through faith in what He did about our sins at Calvary. That's how we receive Christ. We do not receive Him any other way. There's no other way than to receive Him through faith in His death at Calvary. And now, Colossians 2, 6 tells us that we are to walk in Him, just like we received Him. Therefore, when we mix objects of faith with the cross from our hearts, we tell God the cross was not enough. I need to do these other things. I need to uh, trust this and trust that. But you'll never find God working on your behalf. You may say He is. You may feel emotionally as something in your flesh as though He is. But God is not working outside of what the Bible calls through faith. If He did, if He if He does, then that just really means He Jesus is not the only way. That Jesus is 
uh, not the only way, that he's really a liar. When he said, I'm the only way to the Father, that does not mean simply to get to the Father when you die. That means to get to the Father in prayer, in worship, in anything. The only avenue to the Father, anything we offer, is through Jesus, meaning through faith in what he did at Calvary. You've got to know that and believe that. If not... I don't even know if you're saved. But if you are saved and you're just now learning this, then jump up and shout, praise God, hallelujah. Don't get mad just because you've not been taught this all your Christian life. You're being taught it now if you're willing to learn. So the only way that these things, Paul tells Timothy, are going to be found, this form of sound words, which he's heard of Paul, he tells them, He tells him, in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This form of sound words are only found in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Remember, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 and 17. But also remember this, and you've probably never heard this, that unless your faith is in God's Word in its righteous context, faith cannot come. You must believe the Word of God in its righteous context. That means as it is in the context of Jesus and what He did at Calvary. All of God's words, get ready to write this down, all of God's words are in Righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And, and all of God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith because the just shall live by faith. I just quoted Romans 1, 16 and 17. Let me tell you something. The church is in the state and has been in this state throughout the centuries because once we got saved, then we thought it was by what we do that we're sanctified and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Your works, if they are right and proper biblical works, means driven by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, who only works through your faith in Christ Jesus, not in this and in that. No. And listen, if we've not known that, because men throughout the ages have written that you're justified by faith alone, but you're not sanctified by faith alone. You're sanctified by your faith and works. That's wrong. That's not biblical. Jesus paid it all, said it was finished, and we are to walk in Him where all the benefits are just as we received Him. You need to understand that. So when we hold God's words out of that righteous context, faith cannot come, but flesh comes and puffs us up because we're doing these things. Even though we're using God's word, we're doing these things. And now, man, if they would all do what we're doing, and that's why there's so much division, that's why there's so many bondages, and has always been in the church throughout the eight, throughout the entirety of the ages. When Paul spoke of uh, sound doctrine not being held to but thrown out in the last days, he was talking about right there when he was there because the last days began when Jesus showed up. That's the last, the beginning of the last days. So we need to remember those things. And I know people never heard uh, such as this, uh, or they think that's just a little too narrow. Well, listen, the, those folks who just stick with what they've got, though they're not growing 
Well, then they've chosen just to stay in that bondage. There is a remnant, though, that wants to live for God, looking for the way to live for God. And the only way you can know you're living for God is if the Bible confirms and verifies you are living for God. It ain't, you don't have any verification because of feelings or crying or, or shouting and, and, and dancing. That's all outward display and that could be as a result of you having won some uh, big sum of money or being gay. That could come from anything. The confirmation you have and I have and praise God for outward emotions. Glory to God. He gave them to us. But the confirmation we have is God God's Word is a light to my path. Hallelujah. I confirm everything in my life by God's Word, not what He said, she said, or the things that they're putting on a show of. I confirm in my life the things that I believe are God taking place in my life, my growth, even what's moving my emotions with the Scripture in their righteous context. I can't just pick a Bible verse out and throw it out there and say, now lead me in that, Holy Ghost. He won't do that. He guides me in the truth I need today. And what we're sharing, we all need. If we don't have it, if we don't know we have to hold fast to sound doctrine, we will be carried away, but not by other people, even though they be involved. We will be carried away through the lust of our own flesh, We're always to blame. So, Paul tells Timothy in the church in Ephesus there, and all of us today who have ears to hear, hold fast the form of sound words, which you've heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Hold fast the form of sound words. Now, the word form actually is a word that means a sketch, a pattern, a guide. Look it up on your own. That's exactly what it means. You'll find I'm telling you the truth, the facts. The facts. The word form means you and I have been given a sketch, a pattern, a guide to look at. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy. He says, hold fast that sketch, that pattern, that guide that you've been You've been hearing of me. You heard this way from me. You heard this, this, you've, you saw the sketch. You saw the pattern. You've been given the guide. And it's, it's this, it's these sound words that you've heard of me. And you heard them in the faith. You heard them in love. And you heard them because you were walking in Christ Jesus. The same exact word. that's used for form in this verse, is used for pattern, which is one of the definitions of form back in 1 Timothy 1.16. And Paul says this, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy. And he's talking about because when he was a blasphemer and injurious and, and was doing the horrible things as he was doing before he accepted Christ as Lord on the road to Damascus, he says, I was doing all that ignorantly in unbelief <clears throat> and I received mercy. And then he says this, how be it for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first... Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now Paul is a pattern. 
that we can look at. It's what he wrote here under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And there's two or three things that we could mention that he's a pattern of. That even though he was doing things ignorantly and in unbelief, he wanted to live for God, but he didn't know how. Those are the people right there God's going to show up and show you the truth to. Oh, hallelujah. Those, I'm not talking about people who say they want to live for God, who even get in big places of so-called worship and cry out, I want more of you, I want to live for you. Those are outward displays of affection and crying unto God, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with. But here's the reality of it. Most of the time, who knows the rate, who knows the numbers, let me just put it like it is, God sees who's really wanting to live for Him. And who really wants to live for Him, good example is Cornelius, whoever really wants to live for Him, give themselves to Him, He will bring the truth to them, He will reveal the righteousness in the gospel to them so that they can go from faith to faith living as the justified people of God. God's not a respecter of persons. God sees, whenever God sees that you're in this for the real purpose, that you want to be saved, that you want to uh, uh, express the Lord, that you want to know Him, He's going to show up in your life and show you how to do that. Thank God for that. But just because hands are in the air and tears are rolling down the cheek, that does not move God. What moves God is faith. That's all that moves God. That's all that pleases God. Amen, Brother Curtis. He says, For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. And so, that same exact word <coughs> is used in both of those verses. <coughs> One in 2 Timothy 1.13, he uses the word form. In 1 Timothy 1.16, he uses the word pattern, but they're both the same word. They mean a sketch, a pattern, and a guide. I like that one the best, the guide. The words that Paul gave Timothy are the words that will guide you and keep you in sound doctrine. Because that's the form. Let's look at sound words equal sound doctrine. And doctrine simply means teaching. The doctrine, the teaching of faith, the doctrine, the teaching of repentance, the do that's what the word doctrine means, is teaching. So we should be hearing sound doctrine. First of all, that's the Word of God, nothing coming outside the Word. We cannot add to the Word. God has promised us when we do that, that the plagues of the book will be added to us. And whether you think that's uh, just because that's written in Revelation, that that's only pertaining to Revelation, <clears throat> it's not. It's pertaining to all the Word of God because the Word of God is God. And when we add to the Word, we're trying to change God. When we take away from the Word, which God God promises your name will be taken out of the Lamb's book of life if you take away the Word of God. And you need to understand that. God means what He says. People don't just uh, just do things uh, haphazardly. It's always the devil involved when somebody's trying to add words to God's Word. There's nothing wrong with looking at a deeper uh, meaning of the same Word. It's when we change it because we're trying to conform the Word to what we want to believe instead of the Word conforming us into the image of the one who came to die for us. That's when we get in trouble. And so we, we can't do that. We, we can't change the meaning. We can't 
can add, we can't take away. When we do, even though we're doing it in ignorance, we're, we're trying to change God because God, the Word of God, is God. John chapter 1 tells us. So, sound words equals sound doctrine, sound teaching. Uh, sound meaning uncorrupt. True in doctrine, right teaching. And again, if all God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, don't run from that preacher uh, just because uh, you're hearing that from some preacher who's out in the woods on the, on the back 40 and nobody knows him. doesn't mean God's not trying to move in your heart and bring you into a, a, a greater place of knowledge in your own life. Listen, you, you don't have to use that preacher's name, uh, but you do have to believe the truth God's offering you. All God's words are in righteousness. And when they're outside of righteousness, meaning meaning we're not looking through what Jesus, who He is and what He did at Calvary into the Scriptures, we're going to hold them in the wrong context outside of a righteous context. We're not going to have the understanding we need. It's only going to be man's understanding. We're not going to have the wisdom we need. We're only going to have men's wisdom. We're not going to have the power of God. We're going to have to start making things up and calling it the power of God if we don't look through what Jesus did at Calvary onto the pages of God's Word. Because Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't see the kingdom, you can't enter the kingdom, you can't even see it. You know nothing about it until you're born again, which proves to us that the born-again experience is where we got our eyesight. Now, Peter in 2 Peter 1.9 writes that we can go blind again and forget we were purged from our old sins, which he's referring back to Calvary. If we forget, that's where it all takes place, my friend. Everything, justification, sanctification, that is the only object of faith. We'll go blind again, and a blind man don't have a clue where he's going, but he'll sure tell you that he thinks he does. Only sound words can produce a sound mind. Think about that. If, 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 if we don't hold fast, Paul says, to sound words, the form of sound words, that, that guide of the sound words, we will be carried off. And let me say it again to make sure we all understand. We're not carried off in a way where we can blame others. They did this to me if it wasn't for their false teaching. No, they're out there, they're lying, but it's the lust of our flesh goes after them. It's when we begin to obey another master instead of Romans 6 teaching us that we're to become servants to obedience unto righteousness. We become servants to the sin nature again unto death because we're being carried away. We've stopped trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. Now we've got to trust in this. My uh, good friend, Pastor Scotty Williams from uh, Dublin, Georgia, Pastor's Crossway Fellowship there, I heard him recently make a statement before he knew the way of the cross for sanctification. There was a sweet sister some years ago before he was pastor in this church in another place that told them all that, that if they just get a red string and hang it on the doorknobs of their house, the devil couldn't get in. They'd be protected because that represented the blood of Jesus. Now think about that. Now that I, it, listen, if, you, if you're not being taught the Word of God in its righteous context, if you're not being taught Romans chapter 6 and learning how to live for God, you'll fall for that. You'll keep sitting under that preacher that's not 
preaching sound word to you. He's not holding forth that guide, that pattern, that sketch that God gave Paul to give us to keep us the course. We, we won't hear it and we'll make excuses why we're, we're not getting up and getting out of that, even if we're listening to certain ministers on television or the Internet who's preaching these this form of sound words, but where we're planted, God didn't plant us there, where we're planted, uh, we're not hearing that, we're in big trouble. We've chosen to opt out. We've chosen to allow the mixture, and there can only be death in the mixture. You, you, listen, there can only be death in the mixture. So, so I mean, Pastor Scotty said this woman looked like she was anointed, sounded like she was anointed, and sound like that. She was talking about the blood of Jesus, but when you talk about getting a red string and tying it on your doorknobs, and that's what's going to keep the devil out of your house, that proves that's what your faith is in, and it's not the cross of Christ. You can, be, you can talk about the blood and plead the blood. God sees where the heart is believing under that righteous work, and there is where grace comes in, there's where the power of God begins to take place in our lives and we begin to walk this thing out called sanctification. We begin to live for God with our faith in the only thing God will honor, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us now into all truth, the truth He's been for years trying to teach us. Come on now. But we've been, we've been uh, uh, seduced. We've, we, we've listened to these things that look right, made us feel right, made us shout glory to God. But they were absolutely wrong because they weren't words. They weren't words in righteousness. Words outside of the context of Christ and Him crucified and preachers. There's a lot of amateurs who've been given uh, pulpits, a lot of young. The Bible says don't do that. Uh, just because they're on fire for God, they've been given pulpits. Bible says don't do that. Bible says don't put them in positions. Bible says don't do that. It's not wise to do that. Because a lot of folks have been around this kind of teaching and preaching. They've been hearing it. They've opted out just because they're younger. See, the younger generation has a, a, a test and a trial upon their lives too. And here's the, here's one of the big ones that you think you want, you have to have something different than your daddy and your granddaddy and your great-granddaddy had. You think you have to have something to make a name for yourself. Well, that right there proves when you turn away from the words that have the form of sound doctrine, you're trying to make a way for yourself. You're ignoring the way that's already been made for you through Christ. And no, they're not preaching it and, and saying it in a different way. They're, they're, listen, they're not teaching it and saying it in a different way. That you can only use God's Word and point to what Jesus did at Calvary if that's where you're telling the people you're pointing to. Amen. It's the only thing, the cross of Christ is the only thing that gives God's Word the soundness that we need, the stability we need, that makes it the light we need. Without faith in the cross, we don't have any sound words. We have them, but we're not accessing them because the only access to God's form of sound words is our faith in the cross of Christ. Not was there, but now faith is the substance of that which we're hoping for. Hallelujah. Come on now. So, Paul tells Timothy, man, where'd all that go? Let's see if we can get back down here. Don't you just, these, these computers can be a blessing or a cursing. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, let me see here. 
2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, Paul says this. Now, this was a long time ago. And this was already happening in Paul's life. And we're going to see that in this very chapter this morning. I'll read it in a minute. But here in 2 Timothy 4 and 3, Paul tells Timothy, For the time will come that they will not... Endure sound doctrine. They won't keep going in sound doctrine. I know people right now who begin to hear the message of the cross. Matter of fact, they can even get up and say all the words that we say. But you can tell by others they allow to minister in their pulpit. You can tell by many times this is never the focus. This is not the focus. They throw the word, they say cross, they say Jesus Christ, but very little because they, they listen, Either you're determined to know nothing other, or you're not. And it seemed, Paul, in this, let me see if we can see this here. Why don't we just take a break for a second and look in verse 15. Where we are today, 2 Timothy 1.15. We will get there eventually, but I want to make a point here. I want to make a point. I want you to see something today. But referring to the last days, those who will turn away from sound doctrine, was already taking place in Paul's life. Watch now. 2 Timothy 1.15 This you know, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. Not just turned away from him, but because he mentions of whom are Phagelus and Hermogenes, Hermogenes, however you say those names, because he names them, he's showing Timothy that these two particular, more than likely, are the ringleaders of those, all, all those in Asia. Well, who all's in Asia? Seven churches that we read about in Revelation who are in big trouble. Who, but listen, who God's still reaching for through John. Come on now. All they which are in Asia be turned away from me. You've got to think about that. All them who had believed this message, who at first held fast the form of these sound words, this sketch, this pattern, this guide that the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul for the Gentile church. But now, because everywhere that Paul went, religious men came behind and tried to tear down by using the law of Israel. The law. Well, you've got to be circumcised. Well, you've got to keep this holiday and that holiday. And they were falling prey to that, just like the church has fallen prey to the purpose-driven, the government of twelve. You speak it, you're the prophet of your own life. All these things, the walk of Emmaus, you name it, they're a dime a dozen, and there's a new one every year. There has to be, because the one last year's not working. It never did work. God never, ever one time honored it, because faith in that... You doing that is not faith in what Jesus did. And it's never my faith in what Jesus did now allows me to do that. And now me doing that is my sanctification. No, that your works, if they're proper, which means they're due to your faith in the cross, the result of your faith in the cross, your works are a product of sanctification taking place. Your works 
are not what's making sanctification take place. Never forget that powerful statement. But the point I'm trying to make is, he, Paul says, they will not endure sound doctrine. They will not endure sound doctrine. The time will come. It had already come in Paul's life. So what about now, 1900 years later? We've gotten so sophisticated. Oh, we've gotten so sophisticated. We've actually uh, exalted our feelings and our emotions and, and every other thing. And boy, preachers don't like even when preachers say that because bless God, God gave us our emotions and feelings. Yes, He did. And they're wonderful. But God doesn't honor those. He honors your faith. And proper biblical faith can move your emotions and feelings, but also the world's drugs and drink and pornography and sin can move our emotions. And just because we're sorry that we're bound in some type of sin, we're trapped, does not mean just because we want out, and we know God wants us out does not mean we're getting out. The way out of any sin and the bondage of any sin is through the cross. And if you think you were ever delivered by anything you did, even the good things of the Bible, you fasting, you this, you that, if you think you were ever delivered from anything by what you did, you may no longer be in bondage to that thing, but you're in a greater bondage now of religious pride, which is far more subtle than the bondage of drugs and alcohol. That's obviously tearing you down. That's an obvious everybody else sees and knows. But religious pride is exactly what we fall and pray to, so subtle, so manipulative, and it's all the work of the sin nature. We need to remember that. Paul says to Timothy here in 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. <clears throat> but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. This is where hirelings come from. This is where hirelings come from. They're hired by God's people who do not want to hear the form of sound words. They are, they are not, they're not going to endure that because the form, that the form of sound words is what we're hearing to conform us into the image of Christ. And I'll be honest with you, most Christians that I talk to, they'll talk about Scripture. Some of them, they'll talk about the Lord. They'll talk about where they go to church and all these things. But when you get to the point of impact that we could be being changed, they get angry. They get angry. They get mad. I've been accused on several occasions when we start moving into that sanctification topic. Are you trying to preach to me? Are you preaching to me? Aren't you just happy enough that we're sharing the Bible? Are you trying to preach to me? They don't, listen, most Christians think that their mission is just to maintain and survive till Jesus comes, exist, do the best they can. No, our mission is to express Christ. That takes place, listen very carefully, that takes place only in the sanctification process. 
Because sanctification is equivalent with the word holiness in the Scriptures. Please go back and listen to Wednesday night's message here at Crossway Church. You'll find it, I believe it was part 8 of the power of the cross, Romans chapter 6. Holiness is only the result of the fruit of righteousness in your life. And the fruit of righteousness is exclusively the result in your faith in the cross alone. That which made you righteous and allowed you to become a servant of righteousness. That's it. And without holiness, no man can see the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12. You are holy, you are righteous if you're a Christian, but your mission as a Christian is to express Christ. To be the light, the salt. You're not doing that by going to some church. You're doing that when you're shining in the places of darkness. Amen, Brother Curtis, or oh me, help me, Lord. This, when you start preaching the message of the cross, when you start clinging uh, to that truth, that message that, that makes God's Word that form of sound doctrine in your life, many are often out of that. Well, that's not what we're looking for. You know, we, we want to hire a preacher. We'll interview him before we hire him. And uh, if, he, if he can fulfill this criteria right here on this list, then we'll hire him. It's not about the gospel. It's not any longer for the church. It's not about bringing someone on board who's going to preach to us and hold fast that form of sound words that we desperately need. It's going to be, you do these things and we'll give you a paycheck. And when you stop doing these things, then we'll let you go. Yeah, you, we want you to preach and teach the Word to us, but when it starts getting time for us, we realize, man, we need to be changed. We're going to get us a new preacher. Oh, boy. This, this is, if you think it was bad in Paul's day, let me remind us again, all those in Asia had turned away. You remember Paul even had to write to the church in Galatia and say, what happened to the blessed state we had? Man, when I was there with you, you, I had a trial, a temptation in my own flesh. He said, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. You treated me as though I was an angel from heaven. You treated me as though I was Christ among you, giving you this great truth. He says, have I become your enemy now because I tell you the truth? See, this is, this is where the rubber meets the highway. It was that form of sound words that saved your soul, the message of the cross. And it'll only be that form of sound words that if you cling to, you'll make it to the end. That you'll be able to express Christ, run this race set before you, be more than a pew-sitting, church-going member who's an upright upstanding citizen in the community, but you never are delivered. You never do find the freedom and the liberty from those things that hold you down and, and crush you when nobody's looking or the, the way you treat your wife or the way you talk to your husband, ma'am. All those things that go on in private that you know are not right, that you know you need deliverance from, you're not going to get it. You're not just going to wake up one day and be free from that. You're going to have to come back to Calvary. You're going to have to humble yourself and come back to the sound words, this form of sound words. And many of many are opting out today. Oh, you may say I don't like that preacher, but it's the, it's the, it's the form of sound words they really don't like. Many say they, they leave church. I'm talking about these churches God's raising up in these last days uh, that are holding fast the form of sound words, preaching God's Word in the context of the living Word and what He did at Calvary. 
And folks will get a hold of that, but eventually they'll leave because they no longer hold fast those sound words. Now, I know they say they are. They say now they're a media member somewhere, but they're not faithful to even that. Because if you can't get along with God's people in the congregation of the saints, if you can't find a place where you can strive together for the faith of the gospel, then you're really, you're really just stranded in, in a place of fear and, and doubt and unbelief. And you need to get back planted in the house of the Lord so you can begin to flourish in His courts again. I'm not saying at home you can't be growing and holding fast to the form of sound words. But why would you not be gathered together with the saints when you have a place to gather with? <clears throat> it's only, there's only one answer for that. Flesh. What have we traded these sound words for? Sound doctrine refers to what Paul taught. The Spirit of God says through Paul that the time would come when the people of God would corrupt the truth because of their own fleshly lust. This is what drives them to hire the very hirelings we see today. Now let's read the scripture in Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18 this morning, because Paul's talking about holding fast the form of sound words. And again, that form means pattern, sketch, and the guide, which will always always result back to Jesus as the example, the sketch, the guide of God that God sent to us and what He did at Calvary. We need never forget that. You can't say, well, the Bible here is not about the cross, it's about prayer. Without faith in the cross, it won't help you in prayer at all. You may say the Bible here is about fasting or here is about this or that. Yes, there are many doctrines in the Bible, teachings of avenues in the Bible, but without faith in the cross alone, they won't be helping you. They may help us as they did me for years, learn what the Scriptures mean for your situation and your situation. And I could quote the word for every dilemma, every situation that people could have. But the Word of God without faith in the blood of Jesus can't do anything for you. Nothing. And if you stay in that vain, deceptive mindset that just because you are a Christian and sometime past your faith was in the blood, now you can do with the Word of God what you want to, you've missed the whole point of living as a good soldier under the orders of the captain of your salvation who's guiding his sheep. Amen, Brother Curtis. Romans 6, 17 and 18. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. That means the sin nature. But you have obeyed from the heart. Here come. You've obeyed from the heart. That means you've believed what Jesus did at Calvary. And he'll prove it here. Look, what we've obeyed from the heart was that form of doctrine. And let me tell you here what the word form means. It means that model, that die. You know, like you've got a die on a machine that, that keeps printing the same. You've got a die that, 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 you know what I'm talking about? That like a stamp, it just keeps stamping something. And that's what it means, a stamp. It means a model. This is the model. What you believed about Christ and what He did at Calvary, that's the model for your everyday living. Because when Jesus taught you, if any man come after me, he must deny himself, just like he did at your salvation experience, take up your cross daily. That means your faith in what He did for you 
at the cross daily and follow Him. Luke 14, 27, He says, If you don't take up your cross, any man that won't bear his cross means keep his faith in the sacrifice of Christ. He cannot be my disciple. Again, that's Luke 14, 27. If you're taking notes, any, any man that does not bear his cross cannot be my disciple. The word disciple means learner, means we can no longer be learning, mm, holding fast to the form of sound words, which is the only place the Holy Spirit teaches us. Not outside of that. If we could just let go of the form of sound words and the Holy Spirit just teach us any old avenue. And boy, there's a lot of thinking like that in the church today. And it's a result of, Paul, of what Paul said would happen. No longer holding fast to the form of sound words. No longer looking to Calvary. That was then, this is now. If that's the true attitude, I fear that what a lot of people called initial salvation may not really be true biblical salvation. Because if I don't think the blood of Christ is enough for me today to sanctify me, what makes me really believe it was enough to save me when I believed? Because let me tell you something about God's grace. It's only sufficient to you based on the sufficiency of what you think about what happened at Calvary. God's grace will be to you what the cross of Christ is to you today. We need to remember that. He says that we were the servants of the sin nature, and that is what the word sin means there. It's the noun, not just servants of, of just committing sins, but we're the servant. we're serving the sin nature. But you have obeyed from the heart that form, that model, that die, that stamp of doctrine, of teaching, which was delivered to you. And look at what happens in verse 18 when it was obeyed from the heart, when it was delivered to you. The gospel, the message of the cross was preached to you. You believed it, which God here calls obeying from the heart. That form of doctrine, you were made free from sin. You were made free from the sin nature. You became, at that very moment, the servants of righteousness. In the moment's time, you didn't have to go try to start becoming a servant of righteousness. You became a servant of righteousness the moment you believed. You became free from the sin nature. You were unplugged from it. It was made dormant. It still exists, and it will be revived. Paul said that in Romans 7, 9. He's not talking about his pre-born again, his pre-Christian days. He's talking about when he started trusting in the law again, sin revived, and he died. <coughs> if you're still listening to all that mess about Paul wrote Romans 7 about his experience before he was ever saved, you've missed the boat. <coughs> You've missed the boat. You have no proof of that anyway. Many Christians are just repeating what they've heard without their own personal study, and that will get you in trouble one day, if it hadn't already got you in trouble. If we're not hearing this form of doctrine, we're not hearing sound doctrine. The only thing that makes any of God's Word sound teaching it's when we're looking 
through faith in the cross of Christ into the Word of God. Even under the Old Covenant, when Aaron would read the law, the law would be read, they would have to sprinkle it with blood. And the people, and the Bible says almost everything present had to be sprinkled with the blood. Without the blood, the Word has no power. And it's not me saying the words, I plead the blood. It's me from my heart identifying myself with the one who was crucified for me, buried for me, and raised to newness of life for me. I'm identified with that, living the crucified life. Glory to God. In the days ahead, Christians are going to have the greatest opportunities to bear greater fruit than ever before. It's taking place right now. Because many things are happening where God's called us to walk in a place as sheep among wolves, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. And that will be the place where you bear fruit. It will not be in some other avenue that our flesh has carried us off into trying to raise up and make a show of the flesh. It won't happen. The opportunities we've been given to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit will always be a humble, broken, lowly place when we're carrying the cross. If we're not carrying our cross, carrying the cross, faith in the cross of Christ alone, there's not going to be any fruit bearing because it's my flesh. If we're not hearing this form of doctrine, we're not hearing sound doctrine. This is what made us sound in Christ. Sound doctrine is the form of doctrine that made us servants of righteousness. Sound doctrine is what allows faith to come so that we can keep serving righteousness. Very important that we understand these things and that we get situated and we let the Lord plant us in these ministries wherever they might be. Get us planted in a place where we can begin to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We got preachers preaching racism in pulpits. We got preachers preaching all sort of things in pulpits. The Bible says preach the word. The Bible says they will fall away from sound doctrine. And as they fall away, they'll still mention words here and there that could be words that are involved in sound doctrine so that they can keep us like puppets thinking they're on the right track. But are we preaching God's Word in the context of the sound doctrine that it really is? Because Jesus said the Scriptures... Or about Him. They're not about everything we try to make them about. Scriptures are about Him. He tells us that in John 5, John chapter 5. He tells us that in uh, Psalms uh, chapter 40 verse 7. He says, the volume of the book was written of me. He tells us that again in Hebrews 10 and 7. Luke 4, uh, 24, 44 through 46. The law, the prophets, and the Psalms, they're concerning me. Jesus told the two guys after he was resurrected from the dead, that didn't know who he was. Verse 14 here in this second Timothy chapter 1 portion of Scripture where we are, he says, That good thing which was committed unto you keep by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. Keep. What's that good thing which was committed unto us? That sound doctrine. That form of sound doctrine. When God saved you, 
He committed that to you. Let me say this. The Lord's had me been, uh, say this lately. To whom much is given, much is required. What's required? If much has been given me of the Lord, what, what is required? Because Christianity comes with requirements. We have the captain of our salvation. We're good soldiers. What do you think that means? He just ties a rope around my neck and drags me through. No, I have to take orders from the captain of my salvation. I'm a sheep in my shepherd's pasture. He guides, he leads, he corrects. Are you with me today? What's been committed to us? What's, what's required of us as a Christian to express Christ, to be the light, to be the salt, to be in experience everything Christ says we are and those things we actually are in Him. We are righteous. We are a holy people in Christ. That's who we are. But the Lord's looking to bear fruit in that people. And you remember, I always bring it up, the story of Peter. You read it in Galatians 2 of what happened to him in Antioch. He was righteous even in the middle of his big piece of stupid, but his fruit wasn't righteous, and that moved God to move Paul to rise up and confront him over the issue because as our fruit is not the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of sanctification taking place, holiness can't be seen. Uh, The Lord can't be seen because holiness can't be seen. If our fruit is not right, and it's not just because we say it is, Our fruit is only right if we can confirm it with the Scripture, which means it's only through faith in the cross. The Holy Spirit can lead, guide, and bless us with fruit-bearing process. What do you think Paul meant in Romans 7, 9 when he said, uh, I was alive once without the law. He was born again. But when the commandment came, when he looked back to the law, he says, the sin nature revived and I died. Well, he didn't drop dead. And he was still righteous before God. Hallelujah. He was still saved, but he died. What's that mean? It means he moved away from grace that he's no longer walking in a fruit-bearing place. Well, that's a poem, isn't it? (laughs) When you're no longer in grace, you move away from the fruit-bearing place. God considers that dead. Go back to Romans 6. Am I serving obedience unto righteousness through faith in the obedience of Christ unto death that I might be made the righteousness of God in Him and be a servant of righteousness? Or am I serving sin unto death? A non-fruit-bearing place. The sin nature can't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it is the sin nature operating, dominating me in my life, no matter how religious I sound, no matter what church I go to and how prophetically I think I'm being used of God. There's a bunch of witchcraft and abuse in the church today. But if my faith is not in the cross alone, the sin nature is dominating my life. And there can be no fruit of the Holy Spirit while the sin nature dominates. Romans 7 teaches that. That we're now married to the one who was raised from the dead that we might bear fruit. Can't bear fruit under the sin nature. You can't bear fruit under the law. All these folks going back, these Christians going back under this Hebraic roots movement, honoring days and months and weeks, there can be no fruit bearing of the Holy Spirit. He won't work in that. You might teach those things in the light of Christ and what He did at Calvary, and there can be fruit in that. 
But if you're going back thinking putting a beanie on your head and wearing a prayer shawl is going to move God or honoring some day to celebrate some day, there will be no fruit in that. That's the place of death. That's where the sin nature is served and we die. That good thing being the form of sound doctrine only found in Christ Jesus. And again, Colossians 2, 6. You're, if you're a child of God, you're in Christ. But walking in Christ is a totally separate thing. Colossians 2, 6 again. We started with it. We're close to finishing. I'll, get, I'll, I'll quote it again. As you have therefore received... Christ Jesus, the Lord, so, like so, walk ye in Him. When we move our faith from the cross alone, we're no longer walking in Him. We're no longer, as the Scriptures say, obeying the truth, obeying that form of doctrine. And it's probably, it's one of two reasons we're not. We're either not hearing it, or we've opted out of hearing it. We're ignoring it. It is being offered, but we're not going that way. Or we're not hearing it at all. Either one, either way, if you don't know it, you can't walk in it. But God is offering through the airwaves today in several, many places actually, this truth coming back into the church. Now most not going to receive it. How do you know that preacher? Because everything that happened to Israel of old is happening to the church. And they eventually were cut off by God. Romans 11 tells us that. And the Bible says that if Jesus doesn't come back when he does, that, he, there's, that there's a possibility that even the elect could be deceived. Now, I understand that today there's more tares among the wheat than ever before. And I'm not here to pick them out and sort them out. It's not my job. My mission is to preach the gospel and to live the gospel. To hold fast to these sound words. Not to try to make a name for myself, but to preach the name that is the eternal name for salvation, Jesus Christ. That's my mission. The church doesn't want to hear this anymore, but I find life in it. And when you find life, everyone around you will know it. Now, First Peter, I'm going to go ahead and finish this as much as I can. This is what was committed unto Timothy by the Holy Spirit and can only be kept by the Holy Spirit through our faith. Peter writes this in First Peter 1.5 that tells us that we as the children of God are kept by the power of God. Watch these next two words though, through faith. You're not kept outside of, truth, uh, outside of faith. Matter of fact, when we move our, our when we move ourselves from the grace of God, Galatians one and six, Galatians five one through four, we remove ourselves from the avenue through which God keeps us, and the result of us being kept by God by the power of God through faith is look unto salvation, which will allow you to be ready to be revealed in the last day. Many are turning away from Christ today. And just because you don't know the way of sanctification doesn't mean that you lost your soul, but it means 
That's maybe why you've quit, thrown in the towel. You just didn't understand how this thing's supposed to work. I see them living for God. I, I want to, but I don't seem to be able to. I, I don't know. I, I've been in bondage for years, and I know from what I read in the Bible, I shouldn't be in bondage. I should be free. Christ says I'm free. This is where you have to come back and hold fast the sound words so that faith can be there because it's through faith God's going to keep you by His power. The power is the preaching of the gospel. That's the power. The preaching of the gospel is the power of God to us who are saved. Now, that's foolishness to all those who are perishing. Whether they're lost and perishing or they're saved like the Apostle Paul was, but said when he was trying to keep the law, he died. That's, that's perishing. You're a Christian, but you're perishing. You're just washing away. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to come back to faith in the cross alone, no matter who gets their feelings hurt over it. No matter what relationships are lost over it. Jesus endured the cross when nobody wanted him to go there except those that hated him. Peter said, there's no way we're going to Jerusalem when that ain't happening. And Jesus turned and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. The cross was the focus then. It was the focus from before the foundation of the world. It is the focus of God today. And after everything settles one day and there's a new earth, all that will be looked at and have been obtained through the blood of Jesus and nothing else. Eternal positions in heaven. Eternal blessings in heaven with the Lord which will be upon this earth forever and forever will be because of the bloodshed, the life-giving of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Ministry, your ministry, should not just be because you're saved and because of the cross. Your ministry should be about the cross. Because if that's not the centerpiece of your ministry, there's absolutely no way you're going to be able to hold fast the form of sound words. We've had a great session today. I pray you've been blessed. I also ask the Lord that He'd move on your heart to share these broadcasts on social media. Don't be ashamed of the gospel or those who preach it. That's one of Paul's great concerns, that they wouldn't be ashamed of him. And I pray that you won't be ashamed of those you find preaching it either. Again, you can find all these teachings on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson. 316 or the website thecrosswaychurch.com you can sow into this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950 God bless you we love you and until next time stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified we'll see you then